0: wildcat radio oh welcome back to wildcat radio the most interesting podcast in your face covering everything arizona recruiting football basketball fbi we'll go there We'll go there later. You don't have to. You don't have to listen to this if you don't want to. <laughs> we're keeping the FBI stuff at the end, but we're talking good news first. And In order to do that, I'm joined by the one and only wizard of statistics, Mr. Rob Bauer. What's going on, Rob?
1: Oh, I uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm in night classes now to uh, finish my law degree. With as much was time <laughs> as we have spent discussing and talking with talking with lawyers, talking about the law. Um, we're going to talk some football. Um, pretty excited. Let's it's so good though. Football. Like,
0: so I spent a whole hour, an extra hour of work, um, because I was at the library doing, doing some work and stuff and just, uh, incessantly clicking on Matt Norlander's live Twitter feeds from the trials today. I'm just like, give me more this <laughs> is, and he was only tweeting the hits. It was just every ridiculous uh, thing that came out of that trial he was tweeting and it was wonderful like the $11,000 put in a shoebox and mailed to a player that, that they bought at Cosmo in Las Vegas like it, it's I want all of it I want all of those those details that he's providing <laughs> them uh, so say hey Rob uh, just some housekeeping items first while we're Wildcat Radio you can follow us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ you can subscribe on iTunes Google Play Spotify any podcast catcher we are there just search Wildcat Radio or Arizona Football or Arizona Basketball, and we will pop up. Um, follow our Facebook group, Wildcat Radio AZ, and uh, I don't know if we have anything else to plug right now. We're going to do our ginormous Pac-12 football preview that is that is coming, that is in the works and moving forward, uh, starting on Monday. And uh, but shoot, let's uh, Rob, let, how how are you feeling about football? I, I said it's football season, and then we immediately went back to the FBI. <laughs> investigation.
1: <laughs> it is football season. That was my fault. I, 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 made, I made a bad joke about the FBI investigation. Um, no, I, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. It, it has been, um, you know, because we're, we are in Arizona, uh, podcast where both Arizona alums and fans, um, we, we have spent a lot of time on this FBI. It is, it, it has, and along with some of the, you know, the, the, the fun of March madness is, has distracted a bit from uh, you know the, some spring football, um, but I'm I'm really really excited for football season this season. I think that uh, I think that the 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 Pac-12 could be better. I think Arizona could could definitely be better if some things go right, um, and we could talk about. I mean we can talk about what those things might be, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I actually, I, I feel pretty good about, uh, with DeMarco Murray on staff. I, I thought someone made a great hire there. And I, and, uh, Devon to the, the, offensive line coach. So there's some positives to, to, to and everyone, everyone feels good in the off season. You're undefeated.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was funny. We, if you haven't listened to Ronnie and Adam's podcast on the spring game, that is also on the Twitter or not the Twitter feed, our, um, our podcast feed. So definitely listen to that. And they were talking about just the upcoming schedule and stuff. And, and, you know, like my blood pressure starts to rise, like, all right, like let's talk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Keep getting into that. Give me that stuff. So I have, I have win probabilities already for every game, for every team, for next season, so I, I actually have expected win values for Arizona up already at Wildcat Radio. Um, I have predictions for where Arizona is going to finish in Beta Rank. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of stuff up already, actually.
0: Let's take let's take a a chat about that off air, and uh, <laughs> because uh, gambling is going to be legal in the state of Oregon by August, and.
1: Uh, <laughs> You lucky dog. I know. There's, there's there's a bill languishing in the Ohio State Senate at the moment.
0: How do we not have gambling on the West Coast yet? This is ridiculous. I can't believe we have, of all the things, like I want I want that part in my life and I can't get it right now. But uh, but it is coming, I'll just get across the river. So let's get into this though. Rob, we have uh, incoming players. So one of the things that we hadn't covered um, are the new players coming to the University of Arizona in the coming football class. So the newest one being the Dallas Baptist power forward out of basketball. Uh, his name is Zach Lord, and he's a 6'9", 270-pound uh, future offensive linemen, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I like, you know, going out of the box to try to pull some players. I think that's fine. He's going to walk on right now, so I'm interested to see if he gets a scholarship. Arizona, Southern Methodist, and Memphis were all interested in him, so it's certainly the big frame, Rob, and I guess getting another big body uh, to add some depth is always a good thing.
1: Yeah, that, that, that never hurts. He, I, I have seen some and interacted with some folks uh, on Twitter who um, I, I think wishfully think of him as potentially being a tight end, but that, that size six, nine, um, he could be an excellent offensive lineman if he has good feet, um, and with arms that are uh, as long as they are. So, uh, put on some weight, see if, he, see if he can, uh, figure out the footwork of an offensive lineman. And, uh, we might have something here.
0: Hey Zach, if you're listening to this podcast, if they tell you to be a tight end, they are basically going to lock you in the basement at dirtbags. Do not, do not Do be a tight end. You will be you will never be seen again. And if, and if Bryant
1: is warning you about tight end, then it's really true because there's nothing Bryant loves more than tight ends.
0: I My new favorite team is Iowa outside of Arizona and, and Stanford. I didn't realize that they had two like NFL tight ends on that team. So shouts to Iowa. Um, let, let's move on here. We have Kerry Crump, a 5'11 defensive back. He was a three-star player. Offers from Oregon and Utah State uh, was kind of growing out on the scene, ends up committing to Arizona. I think one of the things that we really need, Rob, is – uh, is developed talent in the secondary. You know, one of the things in the last couple of years for Arizona's defense has been uh, big hat, no cattle, where we have these players that have some promise, but they really don't follow through. I know we had a lot of injuries last year, but I'm thinking more of uh, the year prior where we had a lot of players like Demetrius Flanagan Fowls and Dave, Dan Krukshank, and these types of players that, um, Cruikshank's in the NFL, but just they didn't put it together. So I think having um, another player there of a decent caliber and anytime you see an offer from Oregon, uh, that perks my ears. And uh, I don't know. What do you think about the signing?
1: Uh, yeah, I thought it was great at uh, at this point in the in the game to get a late signing. And if you can, you have to feel good because Oregon's really become a uh, a recruiting power. So, um I don't know if Arizona fans are following Pac-12 recruiting, but uh, Mario Cristobal put together a very, very well-regarded class at Oregon this year, so... Beating out Oregon at any for anybody at this time has to feel good for Arizona.
0: Yeah, and and is continuing the momentum there. Yeah. I mean, he is tearing it up in this year's class as well. Um, last player, which I think we might have mentioned. I mean, it's been so long since we've talked football, so I'm sure we probably mentioned it before. We're doing it again, dang it. And that's Will Plummer, 6one 200 20-pound pro-style quarterback. He was the number 29th uh, pro style quarterback in the country. Three-star uh commit with, and I think we did talk about this, Rob, because you had mentioned some of the players or some of the teams that had offered but let's just talk about him again offers from Colorado Duke North Texas and Oklahoma State all of those uh universities except maybe Colorado with the Red Baron but the other three really offensive juggernauts in their own rights or at least have pretty good offensive minds and good quarterback development I don't know if Duke is an offensive juggernaut but um but the fact that they're pretty
1: good with Cutler
0: yeah yeah they've been able to develop some decent talent there what you think about this by the way this is not Jake Plummer's brother I, I made sure to look that up (laughs)
1: <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a good commit. Um, it's, it's good to get a local kid in Arizona. I don't think, I know that sounds, you know, sort of obvious, but um, Arizona itself has become um, more of a hotbed for recruiting. And it's it certainly is a place that Arizona uh, needs to recruit better. Uh, and, you know, getting this guy in this class, it, it gives you, it might, it might give you a little bit of an inside edge. He, he definitely knows a lot of the players um around the state. So that that that's a positive. Any and are you really look at somebody that Mike Gundy at Oklahoma state and uh David cutliff at Duke uh were recruiting and that has to make you feel pretty good to get a quarterback that uh, had offers there.
0: Yeah, yeah, super. Um I'm just I'm trying to think of other things on the recruiting front. I mean, I just we're not a podcast that's going to tell you who is on campus and who is offered. I mean, if I had a nickel for every tweet that I see of players that received Arizona offers, like I'd be a rich, a rich man. But uh, one of the things that has been interesting that I like what the Arizona staff is doing is they're putting these these kind of memes or uh, infographics about where the coaches are headed, which is kind of cool. So I forget who they they sent somebody to Iowa. <laughs> It's like, oh, snap, maybe they're getting a tight end out there. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it's going to Iowa. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty creative. Um, anything else on Arizona recruiting, Rob?
1: No. No, I don't think that there's uh, there's there's much out there. They had a lot of recruits in for the spring game. Um, there's been a lot of, as opposed to, uh, say, under Rich Rod staff, there's been a lot more, um, I guess you could say, sort of sizzle about Arizona out on the recruiting trail. Arizona, I mean – uh, signing Booby Curry and um, Bobby Wolf wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't just going to be a one season thing. It looks like for Arizona, they're they're definitely um, getting getting out there and getting more kids on campus.
0: That'd be good. I forget which podcast I was listening to, but they were uh, addressing Arizona's recruiting. It was it was a national podcast, I think, and they were kind of talking about, hey, you know, if you're if you're getting Kevin Sumlin, um, you didn't quite get what you needed or at least what you were sold in regards to him bringing a recruiting class in that is above and beyond what's happened in the past. I I would push back a little bit about this. And we've had podcasts where we've talked about it where Yes, on paper, you know, we're still in that like 45 to 55 range, but the size is just better. And um, and the fact that we're just bringing in big guys where that was a fatal flaw, I think, in the Rich Rodriguez system is where you just, you're, tr- you're trotting out <laughs> 250-pound defensive tackles and stuff. And you just, that's just, you can't do that in a Power 5 conference. And uh, it looks like we're really making up the depth on that front, which is going to be really important. So hopefully they develop as players. Before we get into more football news. I, before I forget, I want to talk about basketball and some of the uh, commits that we have. So Max hazard, who is the brother of Jacob hazard, a five ten uh, guard, kind of a combo guard, like plays more of the two, but he can do some point guard stuff committed to Arizona. He was a UCI university of California, Irvine graduate transfer. If you watch the UCI, uh, uh, Kansas State game in the NCAA tournament. He was the player that was just balling up, he dropped like 20 points. I think he hit one of the uh the three-pointers to put them ahead. That was a fun game to watch, by the way. Uh really big pickup for Arizona, what do you think?
1: Oh, this is great. Uh, this is one of the best transfers available on the market. Um Arizona landing it was a uh, it was almost a bit of a surprise even with the family connection because Arizona has so much coming in and not a lot of players, you know, uh looking to to move on. So um, he he definitely came in. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure the staff had to to make some promises. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, <laughs> sometimes absolutely. promises that you're not going to get buried on the bench. Um, but I mean, a really really good pickup of, of an experienced player um, that that could really help. I, I mean, Arizona is still going to be very young next year, so this this is a big pickup.
0: Yeah, and I think the loss, the likely loss of Brandon Randolph, who declared for the NBA draft. Um, well let me go back to max hazard here go through some of his stats so he averaged 12 and a half points a game two rebounds two assists uh about a steal the most important part rob though is he shot 38.7 percent from three point uh which is was desperately needed last year with this team desperately needed and he shot 93 of them so it wasn't like he was just putting up you know 23 pointers just happened to hit a lot of them he was a fairly high volume shooter i mean there's obviously players that have shot more than that but um a really good sign that it's somebody that does shoot a decent amount of threes and hit, hits them at a pretty high clip so i'm pretty excited about that i think that'll be helpful and again a player that is comfortable playing the two and, and if needed can step in a little bit at the one but having you, you got like williams and nico Mannion and stuff so i think there's there's definitely some uh there's gonna be lots of depth on that front which is great i think having guards is the most important thing in college basketball and we got another good one
1: yeah absolutely yeah it was it was a really good pickup uh and and one of the ones that arizona certainly beat out a lot of other teams on
0: uh, the loss of Brandon Randolph, we should talk about again. He has declared for the NBA draft, had a really rough season at Arizona. I know that Josh Worthington, who's been on this podcast a decent amount of times, um, really excellent. Uh, he's a college or he's a high school basketball coach. Excellent at kind of eyeing the players that are going to be good and not like he's just very very good at doing that and i wish we had him more on the podcast this was one where he was off a bit he really liked brandon randolph and thought he was going to be a player that was going to develop uh, at the university of arizona he ends the the year as the top (laughs) offensive player you know he's the strongest what do they say the the one-eyed man in the world the blind is king or whatever (laughs) (laughs) he averaged about 12 and a half points a game uh three in a about three and a half rebounds only shot 30% from three, actually dipped below 30%. And I know he came out hot in the beginning and really faded over time. And I think he kind of looked around at the atmosphere and kind of saw where uh, the in- influx of talent that was coming into Arizona and his position there was still it's a total bummer. He was a five-star player to Arizona. Him and Emmanuel Acott were two five-star players that just didn't pan out. That's going to happen sometimes, but it's just something to keep an eye on when uh, when we're looking at player development moving forward.
1: No, you uh you, you don't expect to miss on five star players. Um, you're not supposed to, right? <laughs> um and it it does make you wonder, uh in a way on, on, on player development. I, I I do think that uh that Arizona's going to have to get better offensive production out of young players next season and um they they, they struggled with that this season very much.
0: The one thing in defense of Sean Miller on player development is Ira Lee just really Turn yeah. it up at the end. I mean, it was really fun to see him develop and grow into player. I remember at the beginning of the year saying, you know, this is a guy that looks looks at basketball the way I look at computer code. Just like I have no idea what to do with this right now. <laughs> it's all flowing around me. Um, and he really did uh, turn into a player that's going to be relied on heavily next year, which will be really fun to see if he can make that additional leap. I would also argue I know Chase Jeter faded a little bit and I fade a little bit. He faded at the end of the year but still came out and exceeded my expectations for what he would be as a player at Arizona. And again, he will be staying on the team as well.
1: Yeah. And I think he, and I mean, Jeter is a good one to bring up because Jeter ended up being, you know, partly because they, there was almost no death behind him, uh, you know, for the big guys, but they, uh, they, they, they relied on Jeter a lot and you he uh, he may not ever live up to that five star ranking he had when he went to Duke, but I think next season he could again put in some very serviceable time in Arizona. Uh, oh,
0: another another piece of good news. So Zeke Najai, I think is that how you pronounce his name, uh, officially signed with Arizona. He was the last, not, not hold out, but just somebody that hadn't signed yet. And he did that yeah. last week. Four star, number seven power forward uh, in the country. 611215 makes our recruiting class number 2 in the country a heck of a bounce back for for Sean Miller and recruiting especially when you have this entire just cloud hanging over the program so pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, being able to sign a recruiting class like this really I mean Miller Miller showed he he may be down but he's not out you know he he fought back hard and um, has put together the kind of class that Ar- Arizona could surprise people next season uh, with everything they have coming back and um, you know everything they're bringing in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I see a lot of Arizona fans going after national and regional writers for their top 25. Like, it's, you know, it's yeah, chill out, guys. Like, it's so early. Yeah, these guys a lot of people don't believe that air er- that uh, Miller is going to be, I-, I think Miller's going to be the coach next year. And I think he's going to have an awesome recruiting class. And going will be quite good. Um, some people don't believe that. And yeah, you can attack him and stuff, but like, who cares? You know, I, I really don't care what John Wilner's top 25 is right now. Like I just don't, uh, I, I think Wilner's a pretty good writer when covering the back 12. Let's wait until like the smoke clears at least a few months before we start, uh, throwing spears and stuff. But I don't know. I just it's like, whatever. That I- just, that's not, that's not my bag, man. So, uh, It's always
1: hard to, it's always hard to do projections and it's, it's, it's easier to do a projection when you're confident in what you have coming back and you're not going to fully rely on players that you've never seen play in college before. Um, and that's sort of the tough thing with Arizona. If you look at who's coming back, Arizona was not a particularly good basketball team this past season. So, um, yes, there's a ton of talent coming in, but we haven't seen any of them play yet. Um, so that's that's tougher to do projections on. And I, I'm someone that does projections.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let, let's move from basketball to let's talk about some Arizona transfers here, uh, Rob. So we do lose a decent number of players, I think uh, probably a good thing over time because it does open up scholarships for probably some bigger players. And it'll be interesting to see if this again Arizona football staff can put together a, another good recruiting class. Let's talk about the biggest ones here. P.J. Johnson ended up uh, declaring for the NBA draft. And I just want to, like, Michael Lev is an excellent reporter at, at the Daily Star. He his he, he has the Arizona football beat. That guy has his finger on the pulse. He knows football. He covered USC. I dig his stuff. And if you don't follow him on Twitter, you should. If you're not reading his articles, you should. Uh, he was on this P.J. Johnson Johnson thing, like, four or five months ago, basically saying, you know, when he was talking with PJ, he was talking about his family and, you know, he has a, he has a little girl, I think, um, mm-hmm. and, and needed to provide for his family and wanted to, um, be able to do that and just really blew up at Arizona. His one year there was really impactful. It was awesome to see him and Derek Bowles back to back. He's gone. I hope he gets drafted or at least get some supplemental, um, uh, signing, uh, because, Because it would be awesome. That'd be a great story. Him just coming from Juco and all that stuff. Anyway, he's gone. Big hole, right? For the defensive line. How do we fill those shoes? Uh,
1: That I'm not sure of. I mean, there's so there is a uh, (laughs) there there is a uh, Juco player coming on um, and there is some size uh, on the defensive line in the in the middle, but it's not it's not proven yet. Um and it's it's something that if you're an Arizona fan, you've definitely been uh we have watched walk-ons play defensive tackle, we've watched undersized players play defensive tackle. Um Johnson was a Johnson was sort of a it was kind of a revelation coming in and playing well. Um and the in Arizona's defense, it's not he he still th- those players are still expected to eat up blocks um uh, to free up the linebackers to come in and make tackles. Um, so it, since Arizona is basically playing that sort of, uh, that two gap system that, that, you know, that they, they need a, they need a big body in there and they, they have some bodies. So there's not, um, it's not so much that there's not somebody that, you know, you could maybe look at and, and, and get some good, uh, reps out of, but, um, it is, uh, it is a, a question mark going into the season. And I, I believe that we, there's, there's still another player coming on, um, it's going to show up for the fall. I got to go back and look at who's on the roster already and who's not.
0: Yeah, we're, we're dipping our toe back into football season here. Like, I, th- I thought I was going to go head first, and now I'm just kind of, had a lot of work to do and trying to follow the, the trial and all that stuff. So I promise we'll be on our game. If you've been following us or if you've been listening to us, I think our football coverage is the strongest thing that we do. So, um, so be uh, – be confident dear listener. Like we will be on top of this stuff and we'll be definitely giving updates and have a really good feel that that's why I love doing the preview that we do is just because it really, ge- it really plugs us into not just Arizona, but the Pac 12 and how those teams relate to Arizona. And we did, uh, we did fairly well on our sleazy bets, which I'm so excited to make that drop with William Shatner again. Like I, I listened to it a few days ago. I'm like, ah, man, can't, can't August come fast enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is a, uh... This is football football is Brian and I are very much into football. So, um, yes, our, our coverage and we, 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 there are times, there are definitely times when we complain about having to cover basketball, (laughs) um, not all the time. Sometimes
0: definitely it was this year. Just, we were so bad this year I'm like, ah, like it's, it's way more fun you know when DeAndre Ayton is like teabagging somebody for the fifth time, and like that's uh, I I'm in I'm I'm all in on that state. <laughs> like that team, uh, just the highs and lows that that last team had and all this stuff. But yeah, I'm totally with you. So
1: here's the guy. It's Miles uh, Tapusoa. He's he's six one three thirty. Um, and then uh, Finn Conley has put on some good weight. He's six five three oh five now. Oh wow. Um, yeah. Uh, so and he's he's a senior. Um. Tepuso is the the uh, the JUCO transfer that came in. Um, there's a there's a redshirt freshman who still needs to add some weight to really. I, I think uh, at Salonga, um he's at 265 on the roster. That's a that's pretty light for a power five defensive tackle. <laughs> um, so he's going to have to put on some weight. But um, that, that's that's one of the things Arizona is going to have to figure out is that the middle of that defensive line. Because um, Johnson, Johnson was a bit of a revelation and Arizona, Arizona's defense wasn't great last season, but their run defense in particular, I think was a little better than we expected.
0: Yeah. And the other thing is we lose Curtis Brown as well, who is a defensive tackle. So um, lose another body on that front. Flipping over, we've already covered Michael Elatise leaving, which is a total bummer. He was one of the four star, one of the highest rated recruits that came into Arizona in the Rich Rod era. He is transferring to Hawaii. Uh, we also lost Nathan Eldridge, who uh, is an offensive lineman that was dependable to Oregon State. So that's a, a big bummer. We lose four big bodies and. In- we, we hit it over and over and over again last year that that's the one area where we really need to get some size. And so it is nice to see this last recruiting class where we did have that size come in. Um, just a couple other people to keep a lookout for. Anthony Marzical, uh, the running back that was kind of he's going to be good one of these years, you know, like he's fine. He's fine. Right. Like he's way better than, than most running backs, <laughs> like, uh, right. you know, anywhere. Um, but just at the division one level, he just wasn't quite there, but I just remember his name kept popping up every spring or whatever. It's like, Oh, you know, like, um, being, so he's gone. Uh, we also lose a couple of secondary players, Antonio parks, who was, uh, uh, in the secondary he goes to ut san antonio you have isaiah hayes who is a safety who left for louisville azizi hearn who is uh not announced uh a team is just off of the roster so he's gone so a couple bodies that we will have to replace over time but so rob let, let's just where do you want to let's talk let's talk some football here in regards to the spring and uh where do you want where do you want to go
1: so I, th- I think there's some things to be excited about. I mean, even as we listed off with those, a lot of those folks leaving, I mean, LFTC is probably the biggest name there, uh, in that group. And he's, is it's mostly when you look at it, it's guys that have been passed by younger players on the depth chart. So if you're looking at a, you know, um, somebody that's younger than you and, and they're going to get the playing time, there's not much point sticking around. So, um, with right with the emergence i think of robert congle who people raved about uh on the practice squad last season let's calm um, down
0: let's calm down on congle i just uh
1: <laughs> you could say i mean but regardless i mean i i think elitise is moving on because congle really there there's just not going to be an open spot on the line um so you know that people could rate i mean People also raved about Connor Brewer, and uh, he never played a snap at Arizona, did he? I mean,
0: (laughs) (laughs) he might have gotten Uh, one or two. I don't remember, but
1: yeah. Yeah, and then he went to Virginia. I mean, that was a quixotic college career. But I I, I think that you and I were both pretty high on the offensive line um, last season. There's a new coach, um, but I I, I, I've been pretty impressed with Kevin Someone's staff that he sort of put together. I, I mean, at least on the offensive side of the football. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there's some, there's some positives there. I think that, uh, out of the spring game, a lot of people liked the way, uh, Arizona was getting after the football, uh, and rushing the quarterback. So Jalen Harris had a really good spring game and Arizona desperately needs some pass rush to sort of emerge. Um, and yeah, so if, if, if Harris and, um, you know, some of the other younger guys, uh, can, can get consistently and put some pressure on the quarterback. That would be fantastic. That would be something that Arizona hasn't really had since Scooby Wright was, I mean, Scooby Wright had that, I mean, some monster years. Um, but even before that, I mean, Arizona hasn't had somebody that was technically a defensive lineman that was really dangerous, uh, to get getting at the quarterback since like the that. year before Mike Stoops last year. Is that like I mean, Ricky like,
0: Elmore and, uh, yeah, Brooks Reed? Like Those guys Reed. were awesome.
1: <laughs> they were awesome. I mean, and three of those three of those guys on that line ended up in the NFL.
0: Yeah, the um, other guy, and he came out of nowhere. Like he just showed up at the combine and and lifted a car. Basically, and it was like, holy crap, <laughs> this guy's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um,
1: and I, I still think that there's a, a, like so last year, you know, and you and I both love these the um, random assistant coach anonymously. Talking trash about <laughs> L- the rest lights of a bag the of poop on
0: fire at somebody's house, right? The doorbell, yeah. <laughs>
1: so, uh, I, I could if if the, the I could read those all, all, all like they could just do one of those every day and I would read it. Um, but Athlon last season did its one on Arizona and they basically said the only good player on Arizona's defense is Kylan Wilborn, <laughs> and then Kylan Wilborn was totally anonymous last season I, I, mean, I think he was injured for a little bit of it but he was he just dropped off the map I still think there's 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 room there for for him I, th- I think he could have a better year Um there's a, there's still a lot of athleticism there to, to to work with Um but there's there's big there's big problems at cornerback uh, there were last year I mean Azizi Hearn I'm not going to miss him. You, you and I were at that Houston game when Houston took like three straight deep shots that they barely missed on because yeah, they saw that us. Game,
0: that game should have been like a hundred to nothing. At they saw time. he
1: was. They saw he came <laughs> on the field and they said, "Oh, uh, every single one of our receivers is faster than him."
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but who's who's the player that was injured? There was. Um... One of the corners, I promise we'll get back in here. We had, we had a major injury on the, um,
1: Oh yeah. It's, uh, oh, Jason, Whittaker, Lorenzo Burns,
0: Lorenzo Burns. That's what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll be nice. We'll have two, we'll have two starting corners back, but yeah, I'm with you. It'd be, be interesting to see who's fighting for those, uh, positions. I think I'd,
1: I'd be shocked if Wolf isn't playing. I mean, I, I just would, I, I, I think Arizona's, I, I think Arizona's corners have been that bad that, I think Wolf could come in and probably start from day one.
0: It's weird because there's some there's some writers that really have liked our secondary in the last couple years. And I, I get it because, again, the names were there. But it just when you look at the numbers, it's like the secondary is trash. Like they, they really have not been able to put it together. They were better last year. Like I just want to make that clear. They were better last year than they were before, but the bar was so low. Um, and yeah. – uh,
1: Arizona ranked number ninety-five against the pass last season in Beta Rank. That's that's not good.
0: Yeah, that's that's really really bad.
1: (laughs) Some of that's that they weren't getting to the quarterback a ton, so valid. But uh, Arizona really struggled to cover people, Um, and it's it was there are and there are definitely times too where you you wonder if the safeties are fully clued in. Um, I mean, they they didn't have a they. Justin Herbert had an unexpectedly bad game against Arizona. Where the, the Justin Herbert can't read zone game, um, which is astounding. But other than that, they didn't really have a great game all season.
0: Yeah, beware. Pro Football fo- Focus was like giving our secondary a back massage <laughs> before last year started. Like, just take those numbers with a grain of salt. Um, I let, let's move to quarterback because quarterback is always fun. Obviously, mm-hmm. Khalil Tate is going to be the quarterback. It's kind of the decision of who's behind him and. I, I My my bold prediction, Rob, here is that Rhett R- Rodriguez is not going to be the backup quarterback by the end of the year. I don't know who has the best chance of replacing him. Who do you think it is? <laughs>
1: um, I mean, if you went by the spring game, I, it looked like they gave Gunnell and Joyner the most snaps. Um, you know, I, I think they're really comfortable with Rhett Rodriguez. Uh, that's, that is not to say that Rhett Rodriguez is, you know, sticking around at Arizona for potentially the long haul. Um, you know, I think that, you know, he may be a you know, he may transfer out his senior year and go start at a smaller school. I think his football IQ is so high that uh, you really like to have him back there. But, is it,
0: though? Like, he, he threw 11 interceptions against UCLA.
1: <laughs> ah, and UCLA's defense was terrible. Exactly. So, yes. And Arizona had the running game going, so he really should have had. And it, it was – but I also – I am not one of those. I, I I don't think our wide receivers were very good. So <laughs>
0: no, they were terrible. Like aside from throwing the the ball very very high towards Sean Pointexter, uh, that was uh, that's yeah. really all we had.
1: But no, I mean Rodriguez though. If you looked at, uh, I I do think though that you're right. He could get past this season because his his physical trait, his physical skills are so much more limited. Um, so that you. You could you could talk me into Joiner. He had a decent spring game. Um, the, the staff had enough confidence in him last season to put him in at least. Uh, and uh, you know Kevin Doyle didn't get in. Uh, I think people still uh, Doyle, Doyle Doyle got got to throw the ball thirteen times in the spring game. Um, you know, threw five hundred six yards, one touchdown. Uh, but I think. I, I I think it's it's probably Gunnel and and, and Joiner at this point. I I I think Gunnel for being the right out of right out of high school kid. If he if he shows if he's basically about the same level as as Joyner and Doyle right now, then Gunnell's probably your guy who's going to emerge.
0: I was so unimpressed with Joyner. right? Because remember last year we went through this phase of okay, Khalil Tate can't hit the you know can't hit right. anything right now and he can't throw and he can't run. So what is he doing out there? And yes. and I, I got on my like play Rhett Rodriguez train for two weeks, which I, which I, I stand by because that's how bad Khalil Tate was. And, uh and we had Jamari Joyner out there and he just wasn't ready. Now to be fair, Khalil Tate wasn't ready his freshman year. And I'm not making the comparison that they're on the same level, but in the sense of, you know, you're a freshman, yeah. it's your first game. There's 50,000 people yelling at you. And but he just didn't have it. I think they put him in against Utah. Like, wasn't it Utah the game? I would have to go back and look. Uh, but he just looked like a mess. So hopefully he will have uh, advanced after that. But I really was not impressed by the poise um, of him his freshman year. But most people don't have that poise. We'll see if Gunnell has it and we'll see if the sophomores can improve. Uh, any other positions you want to cover here, Rob, before we get into the sleazy FBI stuff?
1: I have no idea who our punter is going to be and man kicker scares me, but that's every year with Arizona.
0: But don't worry. Jerry Springer is going to just get, get everybody. He's going to get them all pumped up. Jerry,
1: Jerry Springer, Jeremy Springer. Yeah, Jerry,
0: Jerry, Jerry, I'm going to call him Jerry Springer is going to just get them so pumped, up they're going to kick it in the stands like they did last year. So it'll be uh, interesting to see. what happens.
1: Oh, the, adve- the adventures of Arizona special teams.
0: The dry heat. It's a dry heat. That's why the, that's why the kickers come to Arizona, like Cal guy. Um, all right, let, let's hold off until uh, next week. We'll kind of keep rolling out uh, where we are. Maybe some some depth chart stuff. We'll we'll kind of figure that out on that front. Let's move to the FBI stuff. Oh, I just started getting a clue. Really? Yeah, I'm totally getting a clue. I think we better follow it. Okay, let's follow your raging clue. All right, all right. So it was day two of the trial. We we guess we, we didn't cover really day one. We've had two days of this trial here. Um, <laughs> in a bold move in the beginning. Uh, so the defense basically says, all right, we would like to have Sean Miller and Will Wade up on the stand. And we've covered this before. Uh, we didn't know whether or not the judge would say yes until Friday, Thursday or Friday. Judge says no
1: last week. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, which was which was definitely a blow to, to the defense. But, Rob, lo and behold, the first first thing that comes out the gate is a video of Christian Dawkins <laughs> talking about Sean Miller. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like what what is going on? And I, I think I think my theory here is and actually not my theory. I, I thought Jason Shear had a good point on this front where he said, you know, why would the defense or why would the prosecution cite a tape of Sean Miller and basically, he was saying that it was likely because they had to get the ball rolling. They had to start the narrative. And that was probably the best thing that they had that just happened to have Sean Miller. So uh, there was a Yahoo story about this where <laughs> I forget, I think it was like Eisenberg or something. But uh, he's talking about the judge. He opens it up by saying, like, it was a name we didn't think we, we would hear, Sean Miller. And then he talks about uh, the perking up of the judge <laughs> when Sean Miller's mentioned in the tape. And he's looking over at the prosecution, like, I thought you guys didn't want this guy on the stand. Um, right. That, that's probably. Um, I would assume now this this there's been so much stuff that's been breaking in, in this case, but I would assume that we're not going to hear a ton more of Sean Miller's name if they really wanted to keep him off the stand, right?
1: Right. I mean, we, the, I, I tweeted this a couple times out that you know the the prosecution that had argued that Sean Miller was not germane to the case, uh, so you know he he his testimony was just going to be a sideshow if the defense had him on. Um the The defense, the defense is not going to get anywhere with getting Sean Miller on the stand by, you know, calling witnesses and trying to, you know, talk about Sean Miller. However, if the prosecution continues to play tapes <laughs> where the argument basically is, listen to Christian Dawkins talk about what a bad guy he is with Sean Miller, um, don't. That, like you if, if if there is a lot more of Sean Miller introduced into this trial by the prosecution, the defense is going to have a pretty easy case to make to say, hey, Sean Miller really needs to testify. Um, now, the judge this morning said, hey, I haven't really changed my mind, but you know, I welcome you know if you want to submit your request to revisit that decision in writing, I welcome that. But um, yeah, the the, the prosecution the, the, they need to probably tread a little carefully if if they have you know other stuff teed up with. Um, you know Sean Miller out there. If they want to keep him on off the stand, then they need to you know maybe rethink that strategy. But as it is now, Sean Miller dodged yet another bullet um, on having to testify.
0: Rob, I was surprised, particularly today. We're recording on day two of the trial <clears throat> with how much evidence the prosecution introduced. Right, like so, the whole idea of Christian Dawkins' lawyer uh, Haney, Steve Haney. Um, but we're going to pull back the curtain on the underbelly or whatever of college basketball. And basically the prosecution is saying, yeah, yeah, all this is happening, but you guys did this. Like (laughs)
1: like,
0: you still did this and you know, whatever over here, the fact, like we're going to play all these tapes. So people understand exactly what you did illegal in this illegal system. And, uh, and, and I mean, A ton of names have come out. I mean, we're talking about Zion Williamson, uh, Marvin Bagley, and USC. USC, that they had Marvin Bagley in the bag, basically. (laughs) And Tony Bland was basically talking to – it was either Dawkins or Code. I think it was Code. Or Gatto. I think he was talking to Gatto, saying, hey, like, right when he's on campus, you need to be here right now because this could be a number one draft pick. And if you want to um, basically get in on the pie, you need to get here because he's going to be on the USC campus. Um, There were – and we'll get into these, but there are multiple uh, videos shown of um, uh, there was the assistant from Creighton, uh, literally like money. Money, 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 like actually having money. Um, yes. You had the Clemson assistant coach basically talking about what they needed to do in order to uh, to secure – I think who they were going after. They were going after somebody that Clemson was not going to get, which is like kind of the – It
1: was Williamson. It was Zion Williamson. Oh,
0: that's so ridiculous. The fact that Clemson yeah. was willing to go to all these lengths to get Zion Williamson. Was no, and then they,
1: they alluded to uh, – they alluded to Clemson football recruiting as a as an example of like, oh, they've got they've got their financial ducks in a row over there with recruiting. <laughs>
0: uh, we should we should probably talk about the the portion that deals with Sean Miller and then kind of go into the other stuff. So um, so there's this tape played and basically it is Christian Dawkins on a yacht pitching some would be investors. One of them is the FBI informant. And one of them is the, the guy that they flipped, uh, who that story is crazy too. Like, so the guy, th- this all started because a, a person who is a very well, um, respected financial planner, started representing NFL players. And then he kind of got into the dirt from there. And there was like a movie that he wanted to produce that didn't go well. And he was moving his clients money back and forth. And that's how he got caught. Um, and so they said, tell us everything, you know, and he said, well, I happen to know, uh, this, how all this recruiting stuff works. And here we are. So anyway, he's, he's on the boat. I think there's like four dudes or a number of people. Christian Dawkins is there pitching, uh, basically money to start up his own business of, um, Uh, being able to represent these basketball players and kind of just, there is some bluster here and Christian Dawkins certainly has been known to to puff his chest out and say all the things that he can do. And if you're trying to get money from people, definitely unloading on them in regards to your connections is, uh, is probably the way to go, which is what he did, which likely Rob is the reason that this was the initial tape played, right? Okay. Christian Dawkins wanted to set up this business. He's telling everybody his connections and how he's going to be able to get this money illegally here. Here we go. Like, and, and so what happens is he's talking about Sean Miller and his connections with Sean Miller. And I will leave this to you, Rob.
1: Yeah, so he goes into his his conversations with Sean Miller, basically talking about how Sean Miller has asked him to come in and handle. You know, he said we'll we'll bring you in uh, is what his is what he alleges that Sean Miller had said to him uh, in a conversation about a week before. Um, we'll bring you in on handling the payments, so that Christian Dawkins would essentially become Arizona's bag man for Arizona basketball. Um, he talks about the DeAndre Ayton, um, payments, uh, and that, uh, Sean Miller had said that he was taking care of all of that on his own. Um, wait, hold on,
0: let me stop you there because this is where we gotta, um, he never mentions the name. I think this is important. He never invented, uh, mentions the name DeAndre Ayton. What happened was, um, the prosecution right. stops, asks, the the guy who who was on the boat with him so like that's i mean so there's all these right there's there is
1: con- the, he knows the context of the conversation because he was in it
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's the so i know shear has been tweeting out that um the uh the witness his last name is blazer um is a convicted felon and he was asked his opinion that's true that is that is true and that is fair and again like i'm um like i'm open to hearing all sides like i'm I'm open to, to hearing the theories and where we are. The one thing to mention was um, he was on the boat with them, so they do know the content. Basically repeating what you just said, Rob. <laughs> but like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is really important, right? Like, so the prosecution stops, says, hey, Mr. Blazer, um, what is he referencing right there? And Blazer says, um, I I understood it to be um, in regards to the recruitment of DeAndre Aden
1: Right. And that's not, this is interesting, I think, and this is <clears throat> this has not been covered in that the conversation was taking place in the w- the weeks leading up to Dondre and actually showing up on Arizona's campus, which he showed up on Arizona's campus on June 10th. Um, and so I think a lot of the um, a lot of the, and I am not I am not saying that the Mark Schleyba tape exists. But everyone had assumed that if that conversation existed, that it would have to have been before DeAndre had committed to Arizona. Um, And that that may not have been – and their argument was that because he had committed to Arizona in the period before the wiretaps were live with the FBI, that that conversation could not have been recorded. But there's also the possibility that Andre, uh was either continuing to take payments. Uh, that's entirely possible um, in this case that, you know, DeAndre, like in, until they show up and actually, you know, go attend their first class, um, nothing is set in stone. And so I, I, I do think I'm not saying that the tape exists, but I think some of the logic that um, I think McCann at Sports Illustrated and evan daniels at twenty four seven and certainly Jason shear had, had tried to put out there it's not really airtight logic on that the the tape can't could not have existed because um you know there's there's certainly there's certainly i mean you certainly don't stop if you if you are paying players you don't necessarily stop paying them once they commit
0: yeah so again to to round this portion up um, the the accusation of this being a, a conversation about DeAndre Aiden is the opinion of, of Blazer, who was on the stand, who was on the boat. So yes. it's still his opinion. He says, as I understood. He didn't say, yes, I 100% yes. They, they were absolutely talking about uh, DeAndre Aiden. So be very clear on that front. Um, if you and I'm believe. Surprised.
1: you am You and I were talking about this that uh, before that um, I'm surprised that because both Yahoo and ESPN had access to. Uh, Christian Dawkins uh, call records, and they had, you know, documented that there were all of these calls in the period that the wiretap was live uh, between Christian Dawkins and Sean Miller. And I'm surprised that no one, and I don't have, I, I have to go back and see if they published those uh, or if they're, you know, around anywhere and anyone could see them. No one's gone back to verify that a conversation actually took place because, you know, we know when the the videotape took place. Um, and Dawkins is sort of saying in this conversation, oh, I talked to Sean Miller a week ago, you know, the prior week or a week and a half ago. Um, you know, you, you, should be able to nail down the, if, if that, if a conversation took place in that, that time period.
0: Yeah. And again, this could be a ton of bluster. Like he could, I mean, yeah, per- particularly in this area where you kind of have to be that alpha, like I can get you this thing. I mean, he's talking about uh, a story that I a hundred percent don't think happened, which was um, he mentioned that Tom Izzo was. So Christian Dawkins knew, um, I forget. So his dad was the coach of a major player that Michigan state was going after. Um, and Draymond like, green. Yeah. Draymond green. That's, that's right. And he was talking about Tom Izzo being in his house, crying about not getting, I mean, like, it's just, it's just a lot of it is yeah. bluster. If you believe that um, some of the stuff that he's saying, because he has to, at some point, like, produce for these people that are his angel investors. If you actually think that they're talking about Deandre Hayden which is possible and it's possible that he's not. Um, but if, if you do think that that's the case, um, when you put this in context of all the other stuff that we've talked about before surrounding Deandre Hayden the fact that he was already like, he was already taking money from Kansas <laughs> to try to get him there and all of a sudden switched his recruitment and all this stuff. It's just, it is another it is another like, is this hard evidence? I think one of the things that Arizona fans are, are constantly tweeting about until you show me the tapes until there's hard evidence that's showing that Miller's, you know, has done something wrong. Then what are we talking about? I think we have to talk about the fact that this has been a buildup of information leading to the same thing. Um, yeah. So I just think it's, it's important to me. I mean, you can't not say that this happened <laughs> like this, uh, not, not the payment of Aiden, but like, he said like he said this on wiretap and they played it as evidence. And um, now it's up to people to decipher whether or not it's the case that it was what he was talking about. But it's still important to report on like that. You can't ignore that portion. Is kind of the,
1: well, the, there's there's no arguing, certainly, that Sean, that Sean Miller and Christian Dawkins didn't know each other. Right. So you can argue that Christian Dawkins is 100 percent full of it. Right. I don't I don't know. I, I, I frankly don't know how people can make that argument believably. I think you can argue that some of this may be bluster, and I think that's that's undoubtedly true. But if even a small part, part of this is true, this is not good. <laughs> I mean, like, if you are if you are Arizona, you know, I think the, the one of the main takeaways here, if you're Arizona and if you're an Arizona fan, is one of the thing that things that Christian Dawkins talks about is that Sean Miller, unlike other head coaches, is Intimately involved and directly involved in every part of recruiting. Yeah, that was that was that he knows what's going on. I mean, when he says that, he means the shady side of it. And then also that Sean Miller talks about things on the phone that Sean Miller shouldn't talk about on the phone. And those, if you're an Arizona fan, should be worried. I mean, if you're Sean Miller, you know, if, if those are if those are true, you know, and there's I mean, Christian Dawkins isn't going to impress anyone by saying, you know, I mean, maybe they didn't be impressed because he, you know, he's showing his knowledge of college basketball, I suppose. But I mean, it's, he's not going to get more money if he says, Sean Miller talks on the phone about things. He's not supposed to talk on the phone about, right? Like that is, that, that that's a kind of, that's a kind of anecdote that gets thrown. I mean, that's the kind of like detail that gets thrown in. Um, but if it's true, Sean Miller's got a lot of calls with Christian Dawkins that are probably on tape. That's not great.
0: Yeah. So there's – I think there's four things that came out of this that we should just reiterate until we go – before we go to the next thing. The first is if you think that they are talking about DeAndre Ayton, if you think that that's what Christian Dawkins is referencing, then the two things that popped up were that um, basically Dawkins said that Sean Miller – told him over the phone again, this is hearsay right now, but he told him over yeah. the phone. Th- he's saying that Sean Miller told him over the phone that he's, he's taking care of it right now, which sound, sa- which one could infer again, that, um, right. that he's signed about the payments. And he says, and I will bring you in and I, I would, I would like to bring you in later. And you can infer that that means I would like to bring you in in, in regards to covering the, the funding <laughs> or like whatever the shady stuff is. Well, yeah.
1: Know. I mean, they, they asked blazer, what did that mean? Right. And blazer said, Oh, you know, to come in and and, and handle the, the the payments.
0: I think that's the thing. Like, um, and then I'll mention the two things that we that Christian Dawkins said that has no reference to DeAndre. Aiden, and then that is again that Miller likes to talk on the phone, and that Miller like is kind of a controlling guy, which sounds sounds about right uh, if you watch him coach and uh, the way he's run his
1: program. Um, at least the part of like where Bar- Miller's super controlling, like he is definitely. If you look at his media availability, he's not always terribly forthcoming, but. You never know, Miller. You know he, he could. He seems like a guy that if you, you're talking basketball and he wants to talk about it, could dive deep into it. And you know this could be a. You know he might he might like to talk about recruiting on the phone.
0: Yeah. Last thing on this is, I think the kicker here that that a lot of people are, are stiff arming, and again, there is no evidence still that has shown up that that specifically says Sean Miller has done this wrong. So that throat clearing, yeah, on absolutely. With that said, the person whose opinion that they were asking was on the freaking boat when Christian Dawkins was on tape pitching him on, on his contacts and how he can get them clients. So just, just remember that because that's a big thing that's been pushed around. Well, you know, like, you know, Dawkins can say whatever. But when you take a look and you, you literally pivot over to a witness who is facing 60 years in prison, if he F's right. this up, who is the informant for the FBI that they flipped – and they look to that guy who was on the boat and says, what do you think he meant by that? Now, it is a leading question. He was asking his opinion and he gave his opinion. So anyway, I'll leave it there. Where else do you want to go? There's a lot of other stuff that was covered. But, I mean,
1: but it's, it's also worth pointing out because I think a lot of a lot of people are running around saying, you know, felon, felon, felon. Like, what do you expect? This is criminal court, folks. <laughs> I mean, government witnesses who are turning on their co-conspirators are, are going to be felons. So, um, our legal system runs on this in a lot of ways. Uh, people take deals all the time to testify prosecutors enforce, um, them living up to their end of the deal, you know, by, you know, by, by saying that, listen, if you get up there, you perjure yourself, you know, like you're going to jail for what you owed originally, plus more. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's the, the, the same the same rule applies basically like you are if you perjure yourself whether you have a government deal or not you're in a lot of trouble um so i don't the defense did not come out of it's it's, you know the defense hasn't i believe has not had a chance to do cross-examination yet um but i i highly doubt that the defense is going to to take the tack of uh yeah you're 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 lying about all of this the um
0: I, I, to that to that end, though, what I should mention is that the defense did file a motion to get Blazer. Uh, I wish I knew his first name. But it sounds like he's you know some some twenty seven year old pothead,
1: isn't it, Marty Marty Blazer? <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: say we'll call him Marty Blazer. Uh, basically, to get his um, testimony thrown out because they were leading him so much, and they said that he can't be trusted. So. Do you want to throw that out there? I I assumed that they were going to do that anyway, though. Like when I saw that story, yeah, (laughs) that's kind of yeah, you try to do what you can uh, to get them off. And it doesn't seem like the uh, the judge is taking that because uh, everyone makes
1: every yeah, every defense attorney makes the same argument about some government witness that is that is taking a plea deal. Right. I mean, it's a common trope in, you know, you know, courtroom TV dramas for a reason because it's a common trope in in court right like oh he can't be trusted because he's taking a deal and you know he's, he's just gonna sing his song to save his hide and i don't know i mean you could take that what you want but uh you know if you're if you are running around criminal court you know and expecting to find angels on the witness stand like i i i, I think i've got some land uh, you know in a florida swamp to sell you
0: yeah one one other thing before we get into some of the other details here is that uh one of the most common things that I'm seeing Arizona fans talk about right now is that well, if the FBI really had something on Sean Miller, he'd be the one on the stand right now. If the FBI caught Miller doing something, then we then it's over. And my my quick answer to that is twofold, and and I think you can expand on this here, Rob. The first would be well, Will Wade is on wiretap, literally saying, "Look, I got the I'm going to give this guy the biggest." Strongest He shuts the door. He shuts the door. The the ass of the offer that I'm gonna give this person is gonna be so ginormous that they can't fit in an airplane seat. Like (laughs) he shuts the door. He's he's straight up talking about um offering money to um somebody. I would also add that throughout the tapes of this trial, even so far, you have multiple assistant coaches being cited that weren't actually indicted. I think the Clemson guy is one of them and who's, there's a couple other guys that
1: the, the guy at TCU and the guy at Creighton.
0: Yeah. The, the, the guy at Creighton being the, probably the biggest, uh, biggest example of that. Right, Rob.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, they, in, in the video today, he was on the video taking money. Um, and I, I think that it's, so it's worth stating because, and you and I have written articles stating this, and we've talked about this on podcasts. Um, I mean, we talked to the law dog about this. You you're in in, the the, the way that this works as as near as we can tell and from having talked to people is uh, you have to actually touch the money and you have to do something bad with it. Um, So Rick Pitino was fired because in the original indictment, they included a quote from a wiretap that Rick Pitino was on and Rick Pitino was talking about paying Brian Bowen. And it's funny because for the most part, actually, Dawkins <laughs> said Rick Pitino plays dumb about, you know, like the ins and outs and the money and recruiting. Um, but then he's, you know, it's sort of ironic that Rick Pitino, then if that's the case, Rick Pitino, you know, slips up and, you know, ends up talking about on a wiretap about paying Brian Bowen. But, um, you don't, you, you can, you can talk about making a payment if you don't ever touch the money as far as, as as far as the FBI is concerned, like they don't have enough to charge you just talking about, I mean, I made the comment earlier. I mean, I could say right now that I murdered Jimmy Hoffa. There's no body, there's no evidence. There's that. That's not enough. To, to bring a federal charge um what arizona fans should worry about is there might be enough on tapes that are ncaa, NCAA violations i mean miller is clearly not going to get a at this point is clearly not going to get charged with anything that does not however mean that he is has that there are not ncaa violations lurking
0: i think the the one thing to keep in mind though would be Yes, all that makes sense, but you still have the Creighton coach that was touching money that didn't get indicted. <laughs> like, so I know it's, it is, it is weird. It's, it's it is
1: bizarre. And we were talking, about, I am really hopeful that some national writer sort of dives into why the TCU coach and the Creighton coach were not indicted. Um, because the only example we have of someone who took money. Um, and they were indicted, but the indictment was later dropped, was that Florida AAU coach who basically just, I mean, he took the money and then spent it or something, but he never gave the money. He, he never did anything bad with the money. Um, and that, I mean, that's as far as I can conjecture is that that is it. I mean, because you if you are on videotape taking money <laughs> to, to to do bad things. Um, you know, the only thing I think that can prevent you from being charged is that you never did anything with the money. So um, it may be that, that those coaches um, never followed through.
0: Yeah. And we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I mean, I think for the most part, we've done a pretty good job of like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. This is what this person says. This is what this size yeah. says, And like, you guys can figure out whatever you want. Like I really, I'm really trying not to, to build a case against Sean Miller. We're just trying to say, okay, these things happen here. Could here are the ramifications of what could happen. I think the, the, the good news for Arizona is Holy Moses. Like the prosecution just blew a giant hole in the NCAA.
1: (laughs) Like they threw so many names out there today. It was awesome, Rob. No, I mean, so like, but also on the first day, I mean, a couple major college football programs with current assistants got thrown under the bus for stuff that blazer had done prior in his career. Um, And then today was just if you're an Arizona fan and you've been wondering uh, when's everybody else going to get involved, like, holy moly. Today was Nike day Um, (laughs) because all the Nike schools that Arizona fans have been like, what the hell? Like Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, um, everyone was involved, basically. Uh, I mean, yesterday there was yesterday there was Dawkins that sort of, you know, they'd shown a blow up of a text where he said, these are my guys. Um, and it wasn't just Arizona. There was, you know, Michigan state was on there. Some other guys, some other guys at some other schools were on there too. Um, but, you know, Zion Williamson, Mark Bagley, I mean, you know, big time players that ended up uh, Duke, <laughs> um, you know, that, you know, they, they, they did talk about, you know, money and they, this, this gives the NCAA certainly, at the very least, something to work with. And you really have to wonder what else is on the tapes. Um, Because the FBI has to have just collected a mountain of evidence that's not going to get used in this trial. But, yeah, and it it does make you wonder, too. I mean, because no one at Nike was ever indicted. Um, And I'm not like, I mean, we'll again stipulate, Michael Evanetti is a terrible person. I mean, a truly, (laughs) truly, truly, truly trash person that is somehow involved in all of this now. But if, if the FBI did decide to pull some, pull some of the strings from, from Avenetti stuff to actually revisit the Nike, um, the Nike stuff like, you know, like because you get the you get the feeling that it was that, you know, that, that they they interviewed some folks at Nike and they, they ran some searches. Uh, you know, they did get a search warrant and go through Nike's uh, grassroots basketball headquarters. But um, the fact that no one from Nike was ever charged, I sort of found sort of interesting. Right. I mean, Adidas wasn't out there competing against themselves. So um, but yeah, today was. As you stated, I mean, everybody under the sun was named and they talked about specific recruitments and, um, lots of coaches, lots of coaches.
0: <laughs> this was the equivalent of a giant quilting circle of people just gossiping about how bad Nike is and how difficult it is going to be to compete with them. Like that was literally what this entire conference said, at least one of them, one of the tapes is about that. I mean, they were, one of the comments that they had was, uh, I forget which person said it, but basically said, um, uh, Nike, I was like, they basically said like Syracuse and Kentucky and Duke. And I think they mentioned one other uh, school. They already have their people and they have their ties and all that stuff. So it's really hard to get in there. And one of the comments was, if you get a player that goes to Kentucky, you're not going to get them back. And right. he's referencing literally if you're trying to get the financial services or the agency services of a player that you've been trying to pay and that player goes to Kentucky then they're going to be in their own web over there in Kentucky and we're not going to be a player in there like that that's right. that's pretty damning towards Kentucky uh, basketball
1: well and some of it i mean too is that i mean remember Merle Code was you know one of the main guys at Adidas uh, you know youth basketball program so these guys are sort of working on, on both ends, you know, they're 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 acting as as runners for players. Um, and in some cases, you know, they're they're sort of acting in good faith with Adidas and, um, you know, trying to, as we saw in the last trial, trying to steer prospects to Adidas schools. Uh, but they also seem to be willing to if the money was right, you know, and, and they could get a cut of it for the, the player to go to a Nike school. Um, But they were really serious about there was, you know, Kentucky and Oregon. I mean, and unsurprisingly, if you're if you're repping, uh, you know, Adidas and, um, you know, you're hoping to to sign that player to Adidas once they hit the NBA, even if they go to a Nike college program. I mean, you're 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 going to lose them if they go to Oregon. Um, but I mean, that was, all of that was interesting. I mean, as you said, I mean, like Kentucky with, uh, and I, you know, it's, it seemed like the worldwide West effect. I don't know how closely people follow college basketball, but, um, John Calipari's sort of, uh, sort of not on, not on the books, you know, top recruiting assistant is worldwide West. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I just I I thought uh, you're you're right that that part was really interesting. I thought that the um, you know, all of that commentary about like if, if if a guy goes here, you know, like you're gonna you're not gonna be able to re-sign him back to Adidas. You're not gonna you're gonna lose them for their financial services. That that was fascinating.
0: Yeah, just some other details here. So Brad Augustine, who is the person that. You had referenced earlier, Rob, that had received a bunch of money, but he went blow it. Like he just kept it. And, yeah. and that's the reason he didn't get uh, indicted. So right on here was released that he had been given uh, $11,700 on behalf of Louisville assistant Jordan F- uh, Fair uh, for some unnamed seven footer. And he just kept it. <laughs> so he right. was dropped from the case. Um, Tony Bland, uh, again, was talking about Marvin Bagley. I'm just kind of going through here on some of the other uh, the other items uh tcu was brought up um basically like you mentioned christian dawkins said like everybody on tcu cheats (laughs) and i just assumed that was when larry uh what's his face uh Who's the, who's the
1: Brown. Larry Brown. Brown?
0: Yeah, I thought that was the Larry Brown era, but maybe not. Used um, at
1: SMU, but it was he was also terrible at us. I mean, but and Dawkins talked about how much he hated hated Jamie Dixon.
0: <laughs> this is great, and it's going to keep going. I think that's the. I mean, we could go into all all these details and stuff. You can check them out, Matt Lor- Matt Norlander on twitter has done a really good job of live tweeting the juicy details like we mentioned um i guess some more bigger picture stuff is this is going to keep happening so the defense as you mentioned hasn't even cross-examined uh marty blazer yet which is uh <laughs> should be interesting to see uh the this stuff is that the comes first out.
1: witness this is the first witness oh my gosh
0: this is great i mean like if you don't if you don't think this stuff is interesting i, I can't help you i can't help you this is like game of thrones 2 <laughs> And it's better now that it's not just Arizona. And I think the big thing that Arizona, the third big thing that Arizona fans are talking about is um, the coverage. And I don't, I don't fully buy into this. It's the idea that the coverage of Arizona is different from the coverage of Duke or Kentucky. I think the reason up until now is because you have Han, uh, Haney who is in Dawkins who have consistently brought up Sean Miller. So there weren't as many names to talk about out of yeah. this because there was so much smoke around Arizona Arizona popped up. I can't like go back and look at the first trial, like any, almost, almost every player that was brought up in terms of like, Oh, what about this guy? Oh, Arizona was looking at him. What about this guy? Arizona was looking at him. Mm-hmm. Plus you have, um, everything that's come up from here and like the leaks that, that he had. So the national media is going to bite on that. Y'all like, it's a story. The difference now is you have more to work with, with Duke and Kentucky. And, um, I, I think to be fair, there hasn't been enough info written about Kansas because Kansas is effed. <laughs> like so, so oh I do. Gosh, yeah. I do sympathize with the Arizona fans there, where like Bill Self was like the poster boy for how bad this stuff was. Um, With that said, I think maybe let up for a couple of days. Let's see how much coverage is given to Zion Williamson and Marvin Bagley. I mean, Marvin Bagley went to four high schools in four years, and you have Tony Bland from USC basically saying like, "We got him." Like. I mean, that's a big story. That is a really, really big story. Let's see if the media runs with that. I'm interested to see what happens. Um, I understand that a lot of the stories about Miller out of the first day popped up. But the first day was kind of that was the that was the big story was the defense wanted to get Miller off the stand. And then the uh, prosecution airs this tape of Miller talk, you know, of of Dawkins talking about his relationship with Miller and they ran with it. Um, So let's see. Let's see where it goes from here. We'll,
1: see. well, I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's not, it's not the media's fault that, you know, somebody that had connections to Sean Miller got busted. I mean, that's, that's unlucky for Arizona. Um and I think in some of this, like if you're an Arizona fan, you're, you do feel a little set upon because, you know, I mean, at least you should, you know, everybody's doing this in college basketball. Um, but the trouble is they didn't bust everybody. They busted Christian Dawkins. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know? This could have been any other runner and, yeah. and that whole and his You'd whole web of connections falls yeah. down. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Um,
1: OK, last thing. Uh, are we going to do the over under on an Arizona getting player getting drafted?
0: Oh, zero. Um, under like very under. Sorry, yes. I hope PJ Johnson gets picked up in like the later rounds. Though I think he has the best chance.
1: Yeah, I I, I do too. I I think that uh, Johnson. If if you were gonna have a very late, you know, maybe seventh round snag, it would be Johnson.
0: We'll find out. I I mean, I do hope I do hope you Boindexer gets uh, drafted. Just so you have to eat, you know, a bowl oh, full of cow manure or whatever. shut your, <laughs> shut
1: your Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember what I said. I think I, I said, I eat, eat my hat or something like that. Something absurd. <laughs> um, all right, well
0: let's leave it there. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. Um, stay tuned. We'll continue covering the trial, but we'll also continue covering uh, Arizona football. I'm really excited about this and, and shout out to the softball team. I'll probably give a shout out to them, uh, next week. They've been killing it. I think they're number four in the country right now. So very excited. They really about have them.
1: been while well, the baseball team is collapsing.
0: Yeah, I know they had that one good run and we'll see what happens, but. Um, right on. All right. Way hey, Rob, thanks for coming on and uh we will catch everybody next week. All right.